0: You're about to, to, like looking at Nosey, you're about to catch these hands, son, because I'm about to, <laughs> no cap. Uh. They're rated
1: <laughs> E for everybody.
2: <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no,
3: no, no, no.
0: Welcome to Bros A. My name is Matt Kasman, and joining me as they always do are my bros. From Belmar, New Jersey, it's Mr. Rich Sweet.
2: Hi, everyone.
0: From Haddon Heights, New Jersey, it's Mr. Sean O'Brien. Hey, everybody. And from King of Prussia, Pennsylvania, he's out that Brooklyn, now he's down in Tribeca, right next to De Niro, but he'll be hood forever, it's Mr. Tim Hanson. Word. I, Hi. I, 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 just the... the, 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 the just the delivery of that line sort of undoes <laughs> everything.
1: <laughs> You're welcome.
0: Yes, yes, all right. You're feeling all right. You ready to do this again? Episode okay. oh, man, man, let's, do let's, let's do it. Let's do it. Sean Rich, I... do you remember that we used to do this all the time? V- vaguely. Three episodes in one night? I know. Yeah.
3: It's it seems like a dream. Like yeah. a fe- I I go into a fugue state whenever we record these podcasts. It's like a
0: fever yeah. dream. <laughs> Well, Rich, when did when was the last time before this that we recorded uh three episodes in one night? Uh
2: that was uh the second Friday of December.
0: It was I'm I'm waiting for you to say it was it was last year.
2: It was last year. It was
1: last year.
0: Yeah. It you. was last year. Yeah. Welcome to Joe I Rich. We appreciate you showing up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was ready for it. I knew you were, I knew you wanted to do it. I just wanted to make sure that you had I
2: to completely forgot that it was last year. I knew it, it was December, but I completely forgot that it was last year.
0: Yeah, brutal. It was, it
2: was like Damn. a year ago, man. It was like a year ago. Wild. Well,
0: that's how to get carried away. It's so uh, long ago.
2: 2023, man.
0: Aged. Yeah, I'm a whole other person now. Welcome to the award-winning A podcast, available on all major podcasting platforms and of course the premise of our show is that we are four bros in each episode we bring a question to the table about anything we want it could be about current events pop culture would you rather it could be about uh, emotional questions psychological questions life the universe or anything is at our uh, beck and call but whatever question we ask we always do so with a glass of wine and a touch of mirth. But we also want your questions out there. If you in listener land want your question answered on the air, email it to brosequestions at gmail.com. That's brosequestions at gmail.com. But of course, before we get to the questions, we've got to discuss what we're drinking tonight. Uh, Rich Sweet, and let's start with you. What do you got uh, in the bottle this evening?
2: I'm drinking a bottle of uh, Indaba Chenin Blanc 2022. Um Last episode, I forgot my T-Rex wine aerator, so I had to run between episodes and grab it and pour it. It it, it tastes the same. So it's it's good. I like it. I enjoy it.
0: All right. Very nice. Sean O'Brien's getting a a good look at his bottle. What are you Mm -hmm. drinking tonight?
3: I'm drinking Gregoire from the Hills of Lyon in France that I think Tess got me. I was looking at it so intently because it's in French, so I was trying to see if I could I could decode what's on the back. And it mm-hmm. says that it has uh, notes of strawberries and raspberries. and has a freshness and vivacity, which is typical of Jemais Rosés. Um, mm-hmm. And it does. It, it's much better now that it's kind of like warmed up a little bit. So I learned, and I think I bring this up a lot. I learned that you, for like whites and rosés, You keep them in the fridge, take them out 20 minutes before you're going to serve them. So they warm
1: up a little bit.
3: Yeah, a little bit. And that's ideal. And reds, you should put them into the fridge 20 minutes before you serve them to get them to cool down a tiny bit to get Mm -hmm. them to the right temperature. And this rosé, having warmed up, it opened it up a lot. It It just kind of tastes like bad in the way that good wines taste sometimes. (laughs) <laughs> you know like the kind of like yeah they, they kind of like a funk to them that's like a little like mm-hmm. i was like oh if this were paired with fruit it would be good and it like having been out it tastes way more fruity but still has those notes of good wine mm-hmm. so i'm i'm into it good job
2: tess
0: excellent work tess
2: again tess Jim. if you did get it for him a ding if you didn't an x please
0: yeah <laughs> Tim, what <clears> are you drinking <throat> tonight?
1: I am drinking uh, Shannon Ridge 2017 Petite Syrah. And it is um, not particularly good. But now that Sean has framed it as like, ah, you, you know how like a good wine only tastes good if paired with something else? This would go great with a prime rib. Mm. Mm. Now that like with that thought in my mind. But otherwise, it's not very good. The,
0: I Sam, am drinking Alamos. Oh, go ahead, Richard.
2: I was just gonna say, Tim, as you were saying that, my brain went, "Oh no, is he gonna do another shot?" As you say, it would go great with another shot of bourbon. As <laughs> okay. you take here another you shot, oh,
0: <laughs> no, 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 I've got things to do tomorrow. I need to exist. <laughs> yeah. Let's rock and roll. I'm drinking Alamos Malbec. Uh, I also think this would be good with a with a steak, Tim. But I like this more than I think you like your wine. Uh, I, I'm drinking this Absent Steak, Sand Steak, as it were, and still enjoying it uh it does in fact pair with grilled meats and vegetables according to the back of it and look it's 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 a nice dry flat it's like the kind of ro- the kind of red wine that you can sort of like taste on the roof of your mouth and your tongue like yeah like mm. it sort of, mm-hmm. it's not thick but it tastes thick uh there's yeah. certainly a, a more appropriate way to put that but that's sort of <laughs> the best way i can describe it to the layman uh, it's that mouth it, feel it's, it's that that mouth feel so uh so yeah it's 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 quite good I, I would give this a solid b plus malbec uh so uh yeah the alamos remember the alamos uh malbec all right it's on a question it from
1: like argentina or something
0: yeah <laughs> what's your point <laughs> i don't know yeah you you don't think david crockett was from argentina no no mm. all right interesting brose questions at gmail.com if you want your question answered on the air um if you don't mind guys <coughs> I, I feel bad about the way the last episode went because i i brought up a question i thought was palatable to tim's interest bringing back into things and i, I feel like i missed the mark a little bit i only recall it after after asking the egg question that tim doesn't like eggs at all so, oh, oh, Tim, excellent. would you give me an opportunity to make what? it up to you by asking a different question? Because, uh, again, I, I still feel that's no, okay. the way that, the, 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 the last <laughs> episode went with going through all the stuff that you really like and stuff that you agree with and, and things that are, are aligned with your, your set of morals while you were gone. And I, I feel terrible about it. So please, just just let me uh, allow me to, to go over this one as well. Um, I think this one's a, one we can all. Jump in on as well. Besides Ender's Game, what is the best movie adaptation of a book?
3: <laughs> oh, that was a
1: good. That was a good one. <laughs> that was a great. Uh, that it's been a while since I made that reference in very heated content. I remember you're very, remember remember you were very
0: s- upset about that. I,
1: I saw a clip of it recently on TikTok, and I was still very mad about it. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> <sighs> All right. So the best. Aside from Mender's Game, which everybody agrees, is, I saw in Rotten Tomatoes, everybody agrees is is one of the best book adaptations of a mo- into a movie of all time. What's your favorite? What's the best that's been done?
2: Hmm. That, I mean, I really only have two books that I can reference this on because of my lack of really reading most of my all right, life. Well, and... apart from
0: the Bible, then what do you? What do you? Mean
2: <laughs> oh shit! Three books because the Passion of the Christ, man. Let me tell you. <laughs> um, Passion, yeah. Um, uh, no, I, I, the, the only, really, so I, last year I read Jurassic Park, and I also read uh, All You Need Is Kill. All You Need Is Kill is the original novelization of the manga of the book Edge of Tomorrow, or Live, Die, Repeat, or of the movie Edge of Tomorrow, or Live, Die, Repeat, depends on what you call it. It's the Tom Cruise movie where he, he's in that time loop fighting the aliens. Um
1: the movie I refused to watch because just watching the trailers was like, oh, this is going to be shit in comparison to the original story.
2: And and it had nothing to do with the original story. Um, so I was so, right. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so based on just those two, I would have to say, like, although about halfway through the book, it, st- it really does diverge from the main story of the book into its own thing, I think Jurassic Park is a very good movie adaptation of a book of, of, of a book. It's like, it, 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 it holds together and gives you what it can to make a good story in two and a half hours based off of this book. That's going to take you more than two and a half, potentially depending on how fast or so you read more than two and a half hours to read and in uh, under and like 300 pages or whatever. Um, I wish there was a lot more that they did with that. I wish they stuck with the original storyline. Um, if you haven't read the Jurassic Park book, newsflash, John Hammond, actually a fucking douchebag. He sucks. What? Um, hey. What's that? He sucks. Man. He does. He does.
0: a hmm. um, storage unit of book characters.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe. 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 Um, but yeah, I just I think I think that was a really good uh, uh, movie movie adaptation. They did what they could with the time constraints, basically.
0: Hmm. I'll tell you what, the best one is probably Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings trilogy. Mm. As that far was, as like, I was gonna say quality that quality and being
3: faithful to the text. Mm-hmm. But they'd leave out Tom Bombadil.
0: But How is, Tom Tom important? <laughs> is stick, he important? Is he important, though? Like, stick him into like one of the like 15,000 director's cuts where the movies all could have been like five hours long. Like,
3: no, I'm
0: sure Tom Do not make
1: me watch the director's cuts back to back again, ever. <laughs> no. I will hate you forever.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what, uh, that aside, one of my favorite ones, uh, I, I won't. To cop this being the best because I, I just think it's a, a good book and a good movie, but not like elite in either respect. Is about a boy. Uh, mm. it was a Hugh Grant movie um, with oh my gosh I can't remember her name, famous actress played the mother of the little boy, but I can't remember her name now for the life of me. And the little um, boy she-
1: ends up being Beast in one of in X Men First Class.
0: <laughs> <laughs> is that so? Is he really Beast? <laughs> i'm pretty no, sure that's the same yeah. actor um, nicholas holt. she's in yeah nicholas holt the the woman or who's the mother is also in huffing Knives chrome out.
1: in mad max or whatever
0: mm-hmm. um crap can't remember her name but anyway great movie based on a nick hornby book um it's just a quality film funny like I, i'm one of the guys who like doesn't have a problem with hugh grant i think hugh grant i think I, my, my own perception is that hugh grant tends to get a lot of shit and i think he's pretty amusing in those like romantic comedy kind of roles. And that's ultimately what about a boy turns into a little bit, even though it's mostly about his relationship with this little boy uh, who he, you know, sort of uh has to have a relationship with. Cause he starts going to these, like he's, he's basically like a guy who is living off of royalties and, you know, has is sort of a layabout, but he picks up women. And one of his new ways to pick up women is by going to like a single parents alone together. Like, group and pretending he has a child uh and so this winds up you know he's a shithead at the beginning and he winds up getting into a pretty decent yeah you know, like a good like father son slash older brother younger brother relationship with this this young boy who gets picked on a lot at school so very entertaining movie very good book uh so i'll go with i'll go with about a boy but i think objectively the answer is probably the lord of the rings trilogy tom Bombadil side
3: yeah um hmm. i think There's a couple. I think uh, Green Mile is a really good adaptation Mm. of the book. Mm. And the book is really good. And it kind of hits everything. Um, uh, Scott Mm. Pilgrim. I think the Scott Pilgrim movie really distilled what made the books down to to like an hour and a half. Like it really captured pretty much everything. It hit all the notes it really needed to.
0: (laughs) The director really did a good job
3: with mm-hmm.
0: it. Yeah. Don't remember his name, though. Edgar Wright. Oh, yeah. Edgar Wright. <laughs> <Yeah.
3: laughs> Was it Edgar? Oh,
2: that, is,
1: you is, know? Is this oh, what we're doing? Are, no. we co- are we coming back to this now?
2: Did, did you... A side tangent about that. Did you guys watch the animated series that they no. released on Netflix? No. I have not. I've heard it's
0: pretty good, but I have not watched
2: it's, it. It's great. And at one point, they're, like, at a movie studio mm. making a movie. And the director... Is Edgar wrong? <laughs> nice. That's funny. Yeah, it was, was great. Funny. It was fantastic.
3: oh mm. those are those are probably my my two my two uh, my two picks for best adaptation. Sleeper pick is the John Dies at the End movie, which is like a really B. I love movie. that movie. The it's it like really, but the, it's like a it's a B horror movie, but really captures the feel of the book and also Paul Giamatti crutches it as he. Oh yeah. Is. Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I haven't read the book, but I, I remember watching that movie just cause I was like, what the fuck is this? And I,
0: <laughs> I Manson aside from Ender's game, which I know is your first choice. That's why I tried to get off the board for you. <laughs> uh, I, I appreciate that. No problem, man. I would just make it easier, make it more challenging for you. Um, Favorite book adaptation or best book adaptation into a movie.
1: I really don't know because like the most of the books I've read are very niche Mm -hmm. or or like they're not classics. It's very much just like nerdy sci-fi or like and not even like popular ones. The fact that I heard one author that I've read be mentioned on behind the bastards recently blew my (laughs) mind and it wasn't the book that I've read. (laughs) Um, so, and so like, I literally just looked up like best what's considered like the best book to movie adaptations. So Lord of the Rings is obviously on here. Um, and there's definitely movies I've seen, but I've never read the books. Like I've never read Shawshank. Um, Mm. I've never read Frankenstein. I've read Watership Down. I never saw the movie. I've seen The Bone Collector. I never read The Bone Collector. So, like, that's that's my problem with a lot of these. Because everything that I have read uh, and have has been turned into a movie is fucking garbage. <laughs> like, not, not, and like, the, for exactly the reason of Ender's game. They're just gonna straight up create plot lines that don't Exist And the only thing that they end up doing Is like oh Well they did it so that they could accomplish this And it's like yeah that already exists In the book but what you did Made that payoff so much Worse and like less than Like you developed a worse story To get to the same point You fucked it up don't do that Um (sighs) Yeah, I, I can't think of one because pretty much like I never read Lord of the Rings either. So.
2: <laughs> or, or, or you have a, a movie that's so big and popular that the uh, studios want the writer to write a sequel. So he unkills a character he kills, Ian Malcolm, uh, in Jurassic Park to create the lost world. Man. Ian Malcolm dies in the book. And the Uh, Lost World book comes out after the original Jurassic Park movie came out, but that he was such a popular character in Jurassic Park that he retcons his death and says that he didn't actually die, even though they said flat out he died in the book.
3: Surprise. It's just Jeff Goldblum.
2: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Michael Crichton didn't want to write The Lost World. He did not. Um. There's a... uh, I've never read Maze Runner, but I've seen the movie, and it's made me want to read Maze Runner. And I want to know more about that world and the lore in that world. Yeah,
1: I want to read the series before I watch the movies, because I don't want... I've seen a hefty chunk of the movie, and it's like... It sounds like it's a cool world, but I feel like they're already cheapening things. Mm -hmm. Or... Like, even... Ready Player One, your character is supposed to be fat and hideous and out of shape. Like, that is a crux of the character development for this person. Not him already being, like, a relatively good-looking guy. Like, that is a crux of his character development, is him getting in shape and losing a ton of weight and why that has to happen. Like, there's just, like, we're going to take this entire, like, year plus two years of book and make it seem like it takes place in like uh
0: I don't know like four days. Mm. Three I thought days? the point of that that book and movie was hey guys remember Rush. <laughs> yeah. It was great. Rush, actually, I, actually joust. Like, I like that book, but uh, I I do acknowledge that is is mostly just like yo remember the eighties they were tight. <laughs> yeah. And the,
1: and there's like <laughs> dev, like parts of that movie like just straight up don't exist in the book. And they replace things in the book that it's like this would have been better. Like, why did we not do this? And like there's a couple things that it's like, all right, just budget wise and scale wise, it doesn't make sense. Like, we're not going to recreate the entire uh what was it, Bueller, Ferris Bueller's day off within this other movie, which mm-hmm. <laughs> which which was a great little tidbit in the book, but it's like that doesn't make sense to recreate. Like that th- I get that. Mm-hmm. But like I, I just can't I can't stand when just entire plots are fabricated. Like I can understand leaving something out or like slightly changing something, but just entirely creating new plot lines in lieu of something else. Don't do that. But I need to make it my own. It's artistic license. Then don't base it off of a fucking book that already exists. Make your own fucking thing.
0: Yeah. That's
1: it. Knock it off.
0: Yeah. Oh. Like, um, you hear my that favorite fiction.net?
2: My favorite, and I completely forgot that this was a movie but what adaptation. What else would I edit, Matt? Uh like my favorite thing, and I completely forgot this is a movie adaptation, which I also did read last year. World War Z. The movie World War Z has fuck all to do with the book World War Z. Wonderful. And it's like the it is it is an adaptation in just the name itself. And it's like you could have named this anything else, but you wanted to live off the success of this book by making this movie that is based nothing off of this book.
1: Ah, uh, they would have made, they would have succeeded off of that movie just because Brad Pitt's in it. Like, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah.
2: yeah. Or they wanted to call it World War Z, and because the book was already out, they needed to make a a deal.
0: Yeah. Cool name. It's a cool name for a book and a movie. Yeah. All right, who's next? Who's got a question?
2: Oh,
3: I have a question from Question Compiler Mary. Ooh. Ooh. All,
0: right. Uh, All right.
3: She wants to know, <clears throat> is there or has there ever been such a thing as a self-made bitch? <laughs> a, self-made, a self-made
0: what? A self-made bitch?
3: Self-made bitch. And I clarified um, mm. if self-made bitch was... Uh, I believe we
0: answered this in the very first episode of this show. Was I said certified freak. Seven days a week. <laughs> week.
3: Uh, a bitch can be a man or a woman. I made to, I made sure to. Are we, are we talking about like, I'm a self-made I appreciate bitch. That, as as, as Jay-Z in like, I, said, I pulled uh, myself up by
1: my bootstraps. Or are we yeah. talking about like, I'm a self-made bitch. As in, I've made myself everybody's bitch.
3: <laughs> no.
0: Like, which way are we going with this? I mean, depending on the day of the week and how hard my work day has been, I could be a self-made bitch pretty easily. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm straight up boss girl in all day. Let's go. <laughs> boss girl. There you go. Tim, really making her story here. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yep.
1: Yeah. So, well, I, I clarified right. that is there I such Tim a thing? Really good. I, I enjoyed that go. a lot,
0: Matt. Yeah. It's, it's, it's Jay-Z said it. Uh, ladies is pimps too. And yeah. guys can be self-made bitches. All right. So is it is, do they exist? Is it possible to be self-made?
3: Has there ever been? And oh, has there I ever think been? I think at this point no. Because like we are really entrenched in our generational wealth. Because I was looking through like a list of self-made billionaires or self-made. It was it was a list of self-made billionaires and like Mark Zuckerberg was on the list and he went to Harvard. You know what you know what I mean? Like it wasn't like he wasn't. And he wasn't you don't get poor to go to yeah. To you don't start. get to go to Harvard if your parents, generally, if your parents don't have money. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like they, they may, they might, they definitely didn't have the amount of wealth that he has accrued, but they weren't. It wasn't. He didn't start from nothing.
2: It, I mean, true, but the, like to answer your question, because you're like no, because these billionaires. Have a generational wealth. Then you've got people like Philip DeFranco, who straight up did come from nothing. He had a terrible home life. And he is, I wouldn't say he's a billionaire. I don't think he's a billionaire. I don't no, know if no, he's no.
1: He definitely is not a billionaire. No, but he's but not he even is, a millionaire. I, he's he probably
2: self made. He's, he's, yeah, he's absolutely self made. So, like, in these terms, yeah, I would say I mean, he's a self made bitch. I'm sure, maybe. Like,. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it depends on what, like.
1: So my 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 issue with the even idea of being self made is that you relied on nobody for anything, and everything that you have is purely based on your own, not the luck of, oh, not the charity of investors. Like Philip DeFranco did, while he is the face and he has been the proponent and driver of his entire thing and all of the endeavors therein there was a company that owned him for a while and without that they never would have had the growth that they had like that like the same with every almost every youtuber out there like for a while and a lot of them that have gone by the wayside is because the company that owned them fucking tanked and so did they as a result as a direct result or it's like Oh, well, we're writing you out of the contract, so we're taking your IP, and now you don't exist, and we own it, and we're going to drive it into the ground. So it's like, the, the fact that all of those things are relied on all of those other things, and investors, it's like, I don't really consider that self-made, but that could just be me being super I, nitpicky. But then you have, I, like... Um, fuck, what's... PewDiePie, he was just a fucking weirdo in... <laughs> As far as I know, he wasn't aligned with any particular investment group at any point. So, if anything, I'd say fucking PewDiePie. (laughs) Pie. And
2: and to, to, like, I feel like your definition, you might be being a little pedantic on the definition. Because, like, yes, Philip DeFranco gained the help of investors and such. However, he had a name first. And then the investors helped him expand that name. So, like, he he was on YouTube before the investors brought him in. The investors didn't say, hey, let's bring you onto YouTube. Like, he hmm. was a, a YouTube original. Like, he was one of the first people to be doing stuff on YouTube, to be creating on YouTube. And so, yeah, at some point, somebody did be like, alright, you've got, your, your content has legs, let's help you. But I still think it does give him a little bit of self-made because he was him first. It was him first. And then he got help afterwards.
1: Everybody can be them first before they think. Taylor Swift was Taylor Swift before her daddy paid a fuck ton of money and put her in a studio. I understand. I I disagree with your... I disagree with the way you, you worded that. But I agree with the point you were trying to make. But I still... Or I understand the point you were trying to make. And I get it. But also, I still disagree. It's not a hard to disagree. I fully admit that I am probably like I said, being very, very like nitpicky on how we're determining
0: what is self-made or not. But yeah. yeah. Mm. I, I lean more Tim's side. I, I, would, I would contend that there's no self-made anybody, bitches or otherwise. Uh, and I think if you ask Philip DeFranco or if you ask, I mean, maybe Mark Zuckerberg because he's a sociopath, but I would bet if you asked any reasonable person who has made an immense amount of success and you point to them and say they're self-made, you know, they they did it all by themselves, the first thing Philip DeFranco would say would be no. Uh, that he's not self-made. Uh, I would I would argue I would contend that he would he would say that I had a lot of help to get here. And even though I came from a terrible family situation, look, at a certain point you catch a break or you meet a person or like you you have somebody who assists you to go somewhere. Philip DeFranco is not self-made in the sense that he, in spite of the terrible family life, grew up in a part of the world in a time of life where you can make money and be successful by having a computer and doing a show on the internet, as opposed to being born in a, in a developing nation uh, with no access to the internet. Like you, you, you are benefiting in that sense from the inventions of those who came before you. And the fact that you have a, you live in a country with a support system and you live in a country that, that with a standard of living as such that you can have this kind of career. For example, I would also point to the fact that for every, you know, Philip DeFranco or Mark Zuckerberg or I don't know, uh, every professional athlete, every politician or anything like that, there's 500 others like them with an equal amount of talent, equal amount of intelligent ideas, equal amount of creativity or comparable amount of creativity that either didn't have the break, didn't know the right person, didn't grow up next to a lab the way that like Bill Gates did, didn't grow up right next to a computer lab and catch that break. It's a matter of not just, there's so many other circumstances that play into any individual person's success. So many other, like I, I would be hard pressed to find somebody that was just like completely independent of everything. I'm self-made, pull myself by a booster. Look, individual drive is immensely important. Like you can catch all those breaks and if you don't, if you don't try hard, if you don't have talent and you don't try hard and you're not willing to work at it, you need both. You need to have both of them. But I'm saying, like, I have a hard time believing that. It's like, okay, well, if if it was the case that everybody who's self-made is like that, that everybody who had the ability to do it was self-made, I, I think you'd have a lot more people who are successful. I think it's it's simply, yeah, that that's the, the long and the short of it. I think I, I don't think there's any such thing, or there's any ever been any such person as a self-made bitch, uh, because it's there's simply too many variables that play into it, and too many people who can grant you open doors for you, shut them so on and so forth no matter how much success you have and then that's not to to take away from anybody else's success because look whoever you're talking about whether it's it's whether whether it's somebody in media or whether it's somebody in in tech or whether it's somebody in teaching or whether it's somebody in higher education or or philanthropy or anything like that any amount of success is phenomenal and involves a, a decent amount of your own input your own gumption your own wherewithal your own knowledge your own ability to network but there's simply no way that it's purely 100 you it's it's i think is simply impossible
2: i i i agree to a point but i also disagree on others especially specifically when you were mentioning like oh and we'll go back to Philip Spranko. He's my best reference for me in this, in this situation where you're like, he grew up in a time in a country where it was easier. All you needed is a computer and he benefited off of the people before him. That to me, you're sitting here minimalizing what he did just the same as the good place would say, you can't get into the good place because you bought a, a, a burger from a place who sources their tomatoes from child labor. Like you're I don't minimalizing like that at all. No, you're minimalizing That, that
1: you're, is a gross comparison, no, 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 and that is not even relately even remotely similar you're, in the capacity and scale of what your minimalizing no, take is. You're that is sitting disgusting.
2: you're sitting here saying that this person didn't do didn't self make themselves because other people made the internet. Correct. And so because somebody else yeah. made the internet, this person isn't self made. Yeah, but, but you so you could but, so had Philip. But he, he DeFranco doesn't make less money. 19... I'm not
3: taking money out of his pocket from that. Yeah, if, if Philip him, DeFranco saying, yeah. had been born in 1925, he wouldn't be able to have done what he did. He could have made himself in another way, but even that would have been beholden to the technology of the time or the the ability of him to get out there. Like I was, because I was, I looked up like self-made people, and you have people like Oprah who grew up incredibly poor. But but still was able to get into a a program in her school that let her go to a that allowed her to go to a better school in the suburbs. Like she was from a rural area, and it took her into the suburbs. And like if that hadn't happened, like she has so much, like even something as small as like her. um, Apparently, her grandmom taught her to read when she was three. But like not like her grandmom was able to read. And so, like, not like it—it it can be that small, you know what I mean? Like, you're just not—you are not ever, as a person, I don't think, fully free from the influences of everything that's going on around you.
0: Yeah, there, you know? there, are, there's a gradient here. There's a difference between, like, there, there's not—it's not a variance between, like, okay, you're either self-made or you were born with a silver spoon on third base. Like it, there's, there's levels in between and you can absolutely say that, okay, this person put way more work in than your average like fail son who inherited a company from his dad. Like I would venture to say that a, a character like, like a, like a DeFranco or a, I'm, I'm trying to think of other good examples here, but we're now stuck on this, this character. Well, you, we uh, have o- Oprah's yeah. Oprah is a good one. Dolly is a good one. Dolly. You but, can see but that I, they, they, they put more into their work than like, Mark Davis, who inherited the Raiders from his dad or something like that, or like somebody who inherits a company from his father or whatever. Like, yeah, we, we we can look at this judgmentally and say, yes, of course, this person put more work into their career and and generated a life for themselves more than these other people did. But th- that's also to discredit the amount of breaks and/or and/or and or privileges and or individuals and just circumstances that they had no control over but and they just sort of that- fell into
2: then I'm sorry. I feel like that's again being very pedantic on the definition of self-made and self, because then you're sitting here saying you could say, "Oh, Dolly Parton wouldn't be famous if music wasn't invented."
0: I reject the idea of self-made as a concept. So you're right. Uh, that is exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. I reject it as a wholesale.
1: Yeah. So I would. I would. It's the I, equivalent
0: of saying like you're saying that you're, there's no such thing as three, and I'm saying yes, that's correct. There's no such thing as three. Yeah. It's not. A, I,
1: I would kind of disagree in the fact that like. Sean's example of Oprah, Oprah's grandmother knew how to read and helped her read. And it's like, yeah, everyone needs to learn how to read at some point. Uh, I would I wouldn't go that far, although, yes, technically, that means you are getting something from someone else or the existence of the Internet. I wouldn't go that far. But uh, I'm still kind of in the camp of, yeah, I don't think anyone I'm not saying being self-made is impossible. It's just highly improbable in the small human span of life that we have. And yeah, that's kind of like, you can build your base. I think being self-made only gets you so far. And there is definitely a ceiling that you cannot break without uh, a significant amount of investors. So like PewDiePie for his first 700,000 subscribers that he got while like working on a fucking boat. So that he could pay his bills? Yeah, at that point, I would have said like right now he is self made because like,
2: but he wouldn't have gotten has... to a million without Mr. Beast.
1: That's my point, Rich. You're saying that as if it's a gotcha, and I'm <laughs> saying yeah, you're right. That makes him not self made. That's my
2: fucking but, point. But, but I I disagree with that because he wouldn't have gotten to that seven hundred thousand. Like he got to that seven hundred thousand by himself. I'm not uh-huh. saying I, I'm saying seven hundred thousand. It, it it being made. That's the definition we should be worrying about. And where does a person consider themselves being made? In my opinion, getting 500,000 followers and subscribers on YouTube, you're fucking made. Like, you're a big personality. Uh, anything I, over that, that's great. That's awesome. Congratulations. I know smaller YouTubers. Fooster, for one, recently just got to a million subscribers. I don't know who he who else he works with. I just know he just recently got to a, a million. Congratulations to him. It, Like but like to me, the goal isn't a million. The goal doesn't have to be a million. It has to be when you feel you're successful. Maybe PewDiePie thought he was successful sooner, and maybe that's where you can consider him self-made. But when you're gonna sit here and and pick like, oh well, PewDiePie isn't successful, isn't self-made because of Mr. Beast. Or Oprah isn't self-made because TV existed before she became famous, or Philip DeFranco isn't isn't self-made because internet existed during the time that he started to come up. That's a, That's where I'm sitting here saying you're being very nitpicky on the definitions of a self-made person or a self-made success or self-made personality.
3: Yes. Yeah. I, I agree. I mean, being, that, being that's being very absolutely nitpicky. true. I'm being very nitpicky, but I think it's, I'm allowed.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it, it, and you're saying it depends on your uh, definition of success. Absolutely. But, like, you're bringing your definition of a success at a significantly lower market value of literally anyone else who would be like, who, when we're talking about self-made and, like, look at this badass. Like, no. Like, we're talking different scales. And, like I said, like, because you also referenced the same example of would you not have called him self-made at 700000 I literally did. That was my example at that point he was self-made because it was purely self-contained all of his success was his entirely that was before he worked with makinima before any of the mr Beast stuff before he worked with uh whatever the other investment things like that's that's my point if you want to stop and say like yes right now i'm a self-made person cool but if you then continue onward and your upward trajectory is primarily based on the investors and the ad revenue and the other things that you're getting from being part of these larger corporations, then you are no longer self-made. You lose that title. That's how that works. Like at this point, yes, you were self-made, but if you continue an upward thing that is not of your own volition or of your own doing by definition of literally the word self-made, like we can nitpick the little things. That's fine. But like, you're not doing it yourself, then you're not self-made. That's how, That's it. And it sounds like we're not going to agree on this and we're just going to keep spinning in circles, but I'm not going to say, well, you had access to the internet, so that doesn't count. That's why I'm saying I'm not quite as far on that side that Matt and Sean are. I disagree on that point, but I get where they're coming from. But I also don't see anyone as
0: self-made at this point. I also want to move away from the, from the, the tech sector slash the influencer, YouTube, social media. Like you start a business, you start a business where you're shipping lumber or something like that. Yeah, like, you, you can start your own business from scratch, but guess what? You got to get the seed money from somewhere. Maybe you saved it yourself. Great. Uh, there are certainly dream scenarios, I'm sure, that you can conjure up where somebody is completely 100% self made, but even at a certain point, you're starting a business or what have you, you got to establish a relationship with vendors or advertisers or suppliers or customers or things like that and you have to be in a situation it's not just like oh i work you yes you have to work to network to get to those people you have to work to establish those relationships but you have to find amicable relationships it is impossible to in in in, the idea of commerce is such that you need other people this is this is really ruining my libertarian cred by the way (laughs) this is this is it's you work in a society this is the way economy works as far as like it's it's all about supply It's all about your connections with other people, your relationships with other people. It is the things that we do together that make you a successful business or a successful worker, a successful independent contractor, a successful YouTube personality, successful oil magnet or oil baron or whatever it might be. You need other people in order to do that. And so, yes, in that sense, yes, I completely reject the idea of being self-made. If you want to find a different way that's fine. But I think you're getting into shades of gray at that point that I'm not particularly interested in because at that point you're talking, okay, what is it? Okay. If you put in 90% of the effort towards your success yourself made, or is it 70 or is it 80 or is it? Yeah. Cause there's no, there's no a hundred. There's no hundred. It's impossible. It's completely impossible to be a hundred percent, the driver of all of your own success. You either get a break you meet the right person. You establish the relationships. Mm-hmm. Somebody else engages in commerce with you. That's the way it works. And so at that point, you're you're sort of doing some gray math. And so for me, because I'm a simpleton, I'd rather just say, look, we all work together. This is the way the economy works. This is the way society works. Nobody is self-made. Some people are freeloaders. Uh, some people are <laughs> fail sons who inherit from other people and don't put in and don't contribute anything to society. But are on the whole, I don't think it exists. I I, I reject. The in whole and in sum, the concept of the self-made bitch. There are just bitches. There are no self-made bitches. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I appreciate the take. <sighs>
0: yeah. Other I than that, it's yeah. kind of a boring subject for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Any other thoughts on the self-made bitch question?
3: No, I think. I, I do want to make it very clear that I think I do not think that you become successful in a total vacuum. I do think that there is some there there is something inherent to you to allow you to take advantage of the privileges and the luck and all that stuff. Like there you have to be a type of person to do that. But uh I, and I, I, I personally don't think saying that you can't be fully self-made takes away from anyone's accomplishments.
0: No, at no point am I saying like Philip DeFranco's a bum. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's there's, there's <laughs> yeah. a gradient here. There is a gradient. Like, if you're immensely successful and you've 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 created something, especially if you've created art or media, or you've, you've erected a business and you employ people and and give common, you know, give give average, you know, Marys and Joes jobs, like. I think that's immensely – that's something you should be immensely proud of. I think that's something to work towards. That, that's something that we should hold up in society is the people who work really hard and 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 put in the effort to create something that benefits society. I, I just – I i don't like the idea of the self-made. I'm 100%. This is all me. I'm 100% independent. I think that's, that is a quintessentially American idea. Uh, and I don't think that if, if you – I don't think if you bring this idea up in Europe aside from like your random like – brexiters you're not going to get a lot of it's a it's a paradigm shift uh, that's specific to the United States. That is my. I
1: love idea. the idea. I just don't think it's possible.
0: Yeah, that's all.
1: Mm. And Philip DeFranco is great.
0: I stand Philip DeFranco. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All Can right. Give Who's got a question next? So Sean, that was a merry question. You're welcome to ask another one as oh, well. I, I here. Uh, I have
3: a light. I have a light one. I'll, I'll, yeah. I found a would you rather. Would you rather mm. be able to eat anything you want and have it be your perfect nutrition or be able to sleep for 1 hour a night and be fully rested?
1: 1, one hour. hour. <laughs> eat whatever I want.
0: All right. Mm. <laughs> 1 hour. <laughs> with 1 hour I can take I can take the time to plan out my diet a little bit better with <laughs> the can, extra time that I've got. I can
2: I can take I can take the 7 to 9 hours that I'm not now sleeping anymore and
0: mm-hmm. cook yeah, so that's true that's true holy shit it'd be my dream to only be able to sleep for an hour a night and be at 23 hours productivity yeah. like i know that that's i know that that's psychotic thinking to be like oh I, I i could i only need to sleep for an hour i need more time in the day to accomplish even more but that's what i feel i i, I, I would save
1: so much money if i could get by on ramen and frosted flakes.
3: Oh, that's holy true. fuck that is very true. holy fuck you could eat I a would save so much money. day
1: and I genuinely love <laughs> I genuinely love sleep like I it is my favorite state of being. I slept for like almost a full 12, 13 hours the other day and forgot to hit send on my text to Matt because I fell asleep at like seven o'clock uh, and woke up at 730 um, the next day. And I was such a happy camper. I was still tired, but I had to get awake. Like, I wanted to keep sleeping because I fucking love to sleep, man. I am a Snorlax incarnate in a much smaller body. Whereas, like, thinking about food is such a fucking pet peeve. And trying to plan meals it's like, just give me a bunch of ramen. That's fine. I'm cool with it. See? I'm cool with just... Oh, Tostitos and Queso for dinner? I'm about, it. let's go. I, like, I would be such a fucking happy camper if I just didn't have to worry about that.
2: See, Tim, I'm with you. I love sleep. I just hate the act of sleeping because it takes so much fucking time. It takes so much time. I hate, I hate, it's- It's, it's my
1: favorite way to spend time. It's anywhere between <laughs>
2: six, six to ten hours that I am just unconscious. And it's yep. like, I, I just, I, I could be doing so much more. I could be out, I could be creating, I could be writing, I could be doing this, or I could just be watching things. And this is maybe part FOMO that I'm just like, I just, I. just there's so much that I want to take in. There's so much of the world. And it's like, but no, I got to fucking spend six hours. That sounds like
1: being anxiety. <laughs> yeah.
0: That
1: sounds like anxiety that you
0: gone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, with, I'm with Rich on this one in the sense that like, there is nothing, whether when it was when I was single, when I was when I'm been married, when I've had like my, my daughter. There's something about getting shit done before the sun's up that I'm freaking all about. Like getting no. up at like whatever is five thirty or whatever. Like mo- <sighs> running around the house, getting shit done, getting ready for the day. I love that. If I could get another four hours of that, and either a be productive. Get some stuff off my to-do list that I wouldn't be able to do otherwise, or B, since it's overnight, maybe just enjoy a little bit of alone time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I'm taking the time. Give me the time,
2: like, man. Like like think like you go to work, you work your first half of the day, you go to lunch and you sleep for an hour. You come back from lunch, you work your other oh, half of the day, idea. and then and then you have Why would I waste 16, eating time sleeping? <laughs> you have 16 more hours in the day to do whatever the fuck you want. Like, perfect. You sleep at lunch, and then you've got the whole rest of the twenty-four hour cycle to do whatever the hell you want until you have to go back to work.
1: It's a whole lot of TikTok.
3: Yeah, <laughs> it's a whole lot. <laughs> I do love my alone time at nighties. So I think I think I would go for one hour of sleep because it doesn't say that I because there's it does not. There's nothing in the rules that say a dog can't play basketball. And That's there's true. nothing about you just you just
2: need an hour of sleep. You yeah. don't have to you sleep You can still for one sleep hour.
1: longer. You just yeah. don't yeah. need it.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: So, yeah. so on the days where you're just like I where you're depressed in bed, you can sleep the entire time. But then yeah. you don't have to all the time.
3: But the, and then when you wake up, you will be well rested. Yeah. Which is dope. Even if you sleep walked- for
2: four hours. I've woken up after ten hours and still wasn't well rested. So, like, mm. mm-hmm. it just sounds so good, so good. Yeah.
3: But I would like to have perfect nutrition all the time. But I'm going to go with sleeping. It would be nice to not have to worry. Since about I'm a
0: perfect physical perfect- specimen as is, I'm going to go with sleep. Ha ha! Say, drink my Dr. Pepper's zero sugar. Uh, <laughs> give me that aspartame baby uh all right so tim's going food sean and rich and i are gonna get some shit done
2: Mm -hmm.
0: yeah yeah i'm not accomplishing shit i'm gonna go plant a 2 a.m garden be great finally that garden i've always wanted to do uh all right rich tim question Mm. i got a question All right, Timmy.
2: I got a question. I'm coming with you, dear Maria. Go ahead. Sorry.
1: Is that how the song starts? It does not. (laughs) I was going to say, I'm pretty sure those aren't the words. Have I been listening to that song wrong?
3: I got Uh, a picture.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Don't feel too bad, Rich. I don't know what song they're talking about or what you were saying.
2: I can't say it anymore. You don't
0: uh, don't know, Matt? (laughs) is it i'm disappointed
2: no, no, like you're bringing no me idea. to
1: an all-time low here. um
2: <laughs> i see <the> what you did there.
0: Juliet. Hey. so yeah. uh my
1: my question is like we're, we're we're all fairly curious curious gents and we like to learn new information maybe sometimes some new skills for projects we're working on or projects we want to work on um I, I know I'm just constantly teaching myself to do random shit that I might use once and then never use again, or in like six years, I'd be like, "Hey, can you solder this?" I'd be like, "Fucking right, I can." Yeah. Um, but have you ever have you ever put in the time or effort to learn or practice a skill only so that you could teach someone else the same thing? Or benefit someone else. Like it wasn't even for you. You learned or did something. Or taught yourself something. Purely. So that you could benefit someone else.
2: I make my friends cookies. Every year for Christmas.
0: (laughs) That's a good one. Mm -hmm. I learned how to sand. And paint with uh, chalkboard. Uh, I I learned how to sand. Sand a 2 by 4 Cut into pieces and make it basically I mean I learned how to make a cheese board for my wife uh years ago. Uh and so it was just like looking at up and be like, oh, it's something I can do at home. And I got some two by fours from Home Depot and uh sand them down, cut it down, and then I got I didn't know that you could just paint chalk onto something like paint like a chalkboard onto something you just get like a, oh that
1: paint is awesome right the
0: rustoleum like chalkboard paint is yeah. fucking awesome like it's great uh and so. i had no idea you could do it and so i i made a, a cheese board for my wife years ago uh and sprayed it with with chalkboard and that way you can draw underneath it and be like oh this is brie oh this is whatever uh so it, i wanted to do that she didn't ask for it but i just knew she liked Cheese boards and charcuterie and everything like that. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be a cool thing I can do. And so I, I I looked it up online. I got some two by fours. I got my my little saw out, and then I went into the garage and uh, put on some shikari, blasted it, annoyed my neighbors, <laughs> and chopped some wood like a goddamn adult, and uh, <laughs> and uh, made some. So I learned how to do that. Nice. Hmm. Oh,
3: to be fair. A lot of parenting is doing that. Yeah, just mm-hmm. figuring shit out and like learning how to change a diaper and dress your kid and how to how to de-escalate their emotions, like that. All of that stuff is. Uh, I've had to learn a ton of stuff. I will say, braiding
0: hair. I've learned how to braid mm-hmm. hair for Alice. <laughs> I've been kicking and that can get... down the road for a while. That day's coming.
3: I want to get better. I want to get better at it. I do feel bad because a lot of times I will pawn it off on like Mary or one of her aunts, but I would because I, I would like to get. I would like to be able to have her be like, I would like a braid, and me be able to be like, make a good one. Like, I can definitely make an approximation of a braid. <laughs> Same, <laughs> it's not very good. Yeah, it's not great, but I know how to do it. Um, but that that I'll go with braiding hair. Is something I learned I will never ever need it for myself, but. I'll to use it for hours. Mm-hmm.
1: Rich, are you sticking with cookies? Uh,
2: no, because I mean, I took cooking classes in high school and stuff. That doesn't really count. But um...
0: I feel lied to. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: see, I, I,
0: I learned how to disappoint my friends just for Tim. <laughs>
2: uh, it's I. I don't really have anything specific. Like, the only thing that, like, kind of maybe comes into this, like, I've bought video games because friends wanted me to play them with them, and not necessarily did I enjoy those video games or not, so I learned to play those video games for them, and then I'm and just Yeah, like, King ah, of Fighters sits
0: there me. unpurchased in Rich Sweeten's uh, Nintendo <laughs> store. <laughs> tsk, tsk.
2: Um, But I, I can't really think of anything... Um. also a lot of people don't really ask me to do stuff for them or <laughs> I'll just straight up generally just say I don't know half of my job I've learned for other people but there we go we'll do that
1: <laughs> it's kind of fair but it's more of a that's kind of like a why is no one doing their fucking shit I guess I'll do it
2: exactly <laughs> it's more of a spiteful thing yeah
1: but I get it Um, I kind of have two and the first one Started as a I will never use this skill again, and then like has turned into a regular thing that I do, um, and have gotten consistently better, um, both in speed and quality. Uh, which is I had this great idea for a Christmas present once, and I suck at like I suck at getting presents for people, and um, someone had mentioned that they wanted like a re- like a fluffy pink uh disney princess blanket i was like oh that sounds like that sounds awesome i th- i think i can figure out how to make a blanket mm-hmm. um so i taught myself how to use a sewing machine and how to sew a blanket so i can make jenna a disney princess blanket which was <laughs> supposed to be
0: to this day it's in her room yeah.
1: which is supposed to which was supposed to be a one-off thing that would never happen again mm-hmm. and then it's like uh at the party uh, a bunch of uh Janie and Joe were like can you make can you make one for us for the kid for the for Harvey so I made one for Harvey then I made one for Gil mm-hmm. um, and like I've made a fuck ton of these blankets at this point um, of which I don't have enough pictures uh, so like now that's kind of become a thing that was less of a throwaway thing but um, most recently Martha, Martha went to drop off some presents at my cousin's place um, because COVID ruined my holidays. Uh, so instead of going to the family holiday party, uh, we were, uh, and maybe being able to see my brother, uh, we had to drop off the things for him and my nieces and uh, a couple of my cousins to another cousin who was going. And while Martha was hanging out with them, she just sends me a picture of all of these like mixed up different sizes and types of rubik's cubes uh and i was like that's cool who are these and she's like oh it's your little cousin jack who i have no idea how old jack is <laughs> um i was like oh that's cool and then martha comes home and she's like yeah i asked if he knew how to solve them <laughs> and he doesn't he doesn't know how to solve any of them he literally just like thinks they're really cool and then he picks them up and he just
3: goes
1: it's like it's just really hoping they solved at some point
3: terrific Um,
1: so like I already know how to solve, um, two by two, three by three, four by four, five by five, four by four, like ninety percent. If I run into parody, I'm just like, well, I'm remixing this shit, hoping (laughs) that doesn't happen again. Um, which I thought I figured out how to avoid, and then the last time I tried to solve it, I didn't. So fuck. Um, but like he also had like a pyraminx, which I had never had any interest in learning how to solve, and he also had a megaminx, which is. Uh, this fucking thing, which mm-hmm. I never had any interest in learning how to solve. Uh, but like the fact that he was so interested in it and like kind of frustrated about it, it's like, all right, well, you don't know how to teach yourself this thing because you have zero frame of reference. And like you're also a child with no attention span for mm-hmm. teaching yourself something like that. I, I get it. That's fine. And like the beginner's instructions and like teaching myself how to solve a Rubik's Cubes. If you like go through the instructions from different things, like those instructions suck. Like they're garbage. The instructions to solve this fucking hurt my head. And then like I went and I looked at a couple different things. I was like, oh, so this is just this other thing. And this is just this other thing. So I went from like taking half an hour to solve this to under 15 minutes in like an afternoon. And now I'm like right around like 10 minutes for solving this thing fully mixed up. And it's like, I don't want to get faster. I just want to, like, not fuck it up every time I try Mm -hmm. to solve it. But, uh, and as soon as I teach this kid how to solve them, I'm probably going to put this on the shelf and never touch it again. And then probably forget, like, 90% of how to do this. Mm -hmm. Which is what I did with the Rubik's Cube for, like, 12 years. And now it's just muscle memory. But it's hard to muscle memory this fucking thing. Uh, yeah, so that was it. Taught myself to solve some puzzles so I could teach some kid who like kind of sort of remembers who I am.
2: <laughs> nice. Uh, and for anyone listening, because this thing isn't very descriptive, it's. A dodeca- I said a megaminx.
1: <laughs> well, I, I mean that's they can that's fucking also, Google it.
2: <laughs> it's a it's a dodecahedron or a twelve sided thing that's pentagonal and uh uh, uh yeah, it's a puzzle. I only know it's 12-sided because it's a pentagon on each face. Because I had to look at my 12-sided die.
1: Okay, I was like, I don't fucking know how many (laughs) this is. I thought Dode was 10. Hmm.
2: Dodecahedron is 12-sided.
0: Okay. Didn't you get a Dodecahedron and cerulean city or whatever and you had to go to the casino <laughs> and mm-hmm. get uh yeah give them a whole bunch of money and then you you get to take a dodecahedron home
3: yeah
0: and then you get That's your bike voucher but only if
1: yeah, you have yeah, enough yeah, rare yeah. candy
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then uh professor Oak yells at you for using a bike indoors
0: mm-hmm. this, isn't, this isn't the time to use that rich yes question
2: I do, I guess, maybe. Let's see. Something easy, because we've been going. Uh, so definitely not that first question. Um, you know what? Here we go, because I've been fidgeting a lot. What's your favorite fidget thing? Fidget toy in general. I recently bought um, a box of five fidget toys. and uh, i You guys have probably seen me playing with my fidget spinner. The only reason I play with it is because it's as quiet as possible. And I don't want to have a lot of fidget noise in the background. But my favorite, let's see if I can find it on my desk, because my desk is a mess, is it's a, it's a cube. Oh my goodness. It's a cube that like opens wide and then closes flat and then closes into a cube again and then opens again. I I, I don't really know what these are called, except I call it a fidget cube. But this is, this is it's my an infinity favorite thing. cube. Infinity cube. There you go. But I don't play with it while recording because it's very clacky. So I usually play with um, either my fidget spinner or my fidget, uh, I guess, I don't even know. I call it a fidget controller, but it's like, it's got buttons and a joystick. And then on the back, it has switches and things, but it also makes noise. So what's your favorite fidget thing?
0: It is literally whatever is in hand's reach in my desk. (laughs) It's going to rotate on a given day. So like right now, I got this little itty bitty Phillips head screwdriver here. And the back of it comes off. God damn it. Pull it off and off and on and there you go and so just and, and the the back of it spins around so you can also spin it and that's kind of fidgety and you can pull it off like i said so right now it's that uh it could also be a paper clip there's paper clip there i'll just bend the paper clip into different shapes and just do that while i'm on the phone or or doing work or whatever like if i'm in a meeting and i'm just sort of you know listening and biding my time or whatever i'll do that just to Fid- fidget with something in my mm-hmm. hands for a little bit but I'm not picky mm-hmm. it could be it could be literally anything
3: i have broken every paper clip that i've ever held
2: <laughs> yep <laughs> yeah <laughs> they don't last very long oh, no. i i have I have a lot of things at my desk that I can fidget with, but, like, I know they make noise, and I'm very self-conscious about that, especially when recording. Like, I have my bottle opener, my my corkscrew that, like, I would open, and then when you go to close it, it, like, makes a little clacky noise. So I'm like, all right, I can't play with that. I have nail clippers that, like, I would spin around, but I know it clacks. So I'm like, all right, I can't play with that, which is why I bought the box of uh, fidget toys, and my favorite toy is a toy that clacks. So I'm like, shit, I can't use it.
1: Ah, the toy that clacks.
3: I have this weird thing. It's like a... It's kind of like a a worm. Yeah, it's like a a noodle. noodle. It's like a noodle, but it's it's made up of little segments. And you can just kind of move it all around. It does make some noise, but not enough, I don't think. Because I've been playing with it for the last, like, eight sessions. And I haven't (laughs) been able to hear it, so I think we're good. There you are. Oh, I... I'm pretty Have you sure you been able to
1: hear this because I've been playing with this like most of oh, this evening. No. Jesus, my no, ears! Okay, cool. No,
2: <laughs> no, <laughs> well, like I, don't I care know about your ears. I know. Last uh, uh, last session, I heard quacks, and I think I was either playing with the fidget spinner a little too much or too hard or something. That I could hear every once in a while. I could hear a clink or something as I'm playing with it. I'm like, shit, I gotta, I gotta do that less.
0: All I could hear last episode were quacks, and I think that's because I drank too much wine too fast.
3: Quack, Mm.
1: quack, quack. quack. I was going to say Mighty Ducks in the background? (laughs) Yeah, it was like, hell yeah.
0: Emilio Estevez. Quack, quack, Mr. Ducksworth. (laughs) Perfect. Hmm. Any other fidgety stuff, guys? Uh,
3: We have a whole, on top of our record player, there's a whole bowl of fidget stuff in my house. And I like most of it. But we do have these, like, little sushis that you can squeeze but they're full of like this weird foam stuff which i only know because i have seen it at least twice Mm. so if you squeeze it too vociferously uh oh big words yeah it Mm. will uh explode all over my couch so i'll do that again
2: (laughs) we're Do you think stress balls were the original fidget toy before people realized, like you know, fidgeting is a thing that people need to do?
0: Yes. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. That's
2: all. Awesome. Are
0: stress balls not a fidget toy?
2: I mean, they—they they were not built specifically a as a fidget toy. Yeah, they're not built as a fidget toy. They're built like f- for stress relief. Which,
0: well, is I guess that's why the name came about. You're but I, I imagine. Relief. Yeah, I imagine. I mean, I'm not going to claim to no. know. I can't imagine that everybody who had a stress ball was not looking at it going like, well, I'm not it's, angry right now, so I'm not going to touch it. Like, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, 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 I imagine it's there. I'm going to grab it and, you know, I don't know, improve my grip strength or something with this little squishy ball. Yeah. 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 And, all right. Those are all the fidget toys. That's it. Every fidget toy has been discussed in the last three minutes.
2: All of them. All of them.
0: (laughs) Let's say goodnight. The Brose podcast is, of course, available on all major podcasting platforms. And if you want to follow us on social media, you can do so at brose underscore podcast on X, at brose podcast on Facebook, or at brose underscore podcast on Instagram. And if you have a question you want us to answer on the air, email it to brosequestions at gmail.com. That's brosequestions at gmail.com. Special thanks, as always, to Mary O'Brien for compiling our listener questions, to Tess Riley for editing our show, to Shannon Vogel, who designed our world-famous logo. You can find Shannon's work at the Vogel Art Shop on Facebook or at her storefront on Etsy.com. And our theme music is the song When by Steven Siebert. You can listen to Steven's work at the Free Music Archive. It is time for plugs and handles. Rich Sweeten, we will start with you.
2: Check me out on Twitter at B underscore walnuts, and you can watch me play video games Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday on Twitch at twitch.tv slash B underscore walnuts, as well as uh, talking video games on PodQuest, the weekly nerdy talk show.
0: And Rich has been announced announcement: the next 20 people to subscribe from the date of this release, Rich will buy whatever game you want and play it with you. Ha <laughs> ha, that's the way it works. Sean, <laughs> where do you, uh, you can uh, find uh, me what on. Are going on?
3: You can find me on uh, Twitter at Hey, it's SOB and you can find me throwing frisbees at OB disco. How
1: about you, Tim Hanson? You can find me on Twitter at Tim R Hanson.
0: And you can follow me on X at M that's M K A S Z N E L. And once again, I will promote Alex Casnell on the board of directors. They have an EP out. It came out earlier in January. It's called parachute. It's got four great songs on it. Uh, But you can, it's not just Parachute, you can get, you can go get it on vinyl, you can get some t-shirts, some stickers, you can get some older albums from them, you can get the digital copies, the physical copies, all that is available on their Bandcamp page. So you want to search for Alex Casnell and the Board of Directors on Bandcamp for all of that, but you can also listen to their music on most streaming platforms as well. All right, say goodbye to the gentle listeners, everybody. Bye! Bye! For Tim Hansen, Rich Sweet, and Sean O'Brien, and the entire Action Moves team, Ooh. my name is Matt Casnell, reminding you all to be smart about being stupid.
2: Only one game applicable, and that's Lethal Company.
1: And also not happening. But he'll buy it 20 times now.